Hello and welcome to The Periodic Fable, the podcast where we take a dive into the world of chemistry with me, Helen Wheatley. Me, Cameron Day. And me, Bryony Parker. We're all here. Hey. <laughs> it's the first time in a while that we've all been together. Months. I know. Yeah. It's great to see you all. Well, I can only see Cameron, <laughs> Bryony's podcast, uh, webcams. Yeah, in another room somewhere, I think, Bryony. But yeah, no, it's great to yeah. see and be with you all again. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I feel like, oh, I can't remember the last time we actually all were talking together. We've kind of been doing, going in twos, haven't we, for various things. So um, I think, Cameron, you and I did Hannah Roberts and then Helen, we did Freya, wasn't it? I think that's right. Uh, no, we did all the interviews and then I yeah. think you and Cameron did the <laughs> I, intro. I, I just yeah. jumped in for the intros. So I think it was <laughs> that that fateful day up in, um, up in Gateshead. Or Gate, Gateshed. Yeah, yeah, it was, was Gateshead. Gate yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I've not heard it called gate shed before. I was, yeah, I knew that was wrong, but I thought I had to I had to give it a go. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's been that long, hasn't it? And that was like June time, wasn't it? May yeah, June. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that yeah. genuinely does feel a long time ago. But it's yeah. great to be back with you both and it's great to be podcasting again. I feel like we're getting into a bit of a rhythm again. Um the podcast with hannah i believe has actually gone out this morning um uh, taken a bit of time to edit but yeah that that was i mean hannah's so so inspirational in terms of kind of the journey that she's been on um but yeah the podcast today Frey mcgee um so yeah we recorded that a while back and i do have a confession to make um so <laughs> as i think you know most listeners know i do cameron and Bryony are fantastic with all of the social media stuff I'm not so good, so I am kind of do the editing of the episodes and put them together. And I've realised that there is quite a bit of clicking and clanking going on in the background. <laughs> and yeah, I um, am a fidgeter, so I was bought a fidget cube to stop me kind of fidgeting. Um, you can hear that fidget cube make an appearance in both Hannah's and Freya's podcast. So to anyone listening who hears a lot of clanking going on in the background, that's my fingers fidgeting. So yeah, I'm profusely sorry about that. I hope it's not too distracting. Can tell us how many times the clicker goes off. Yeah, I think, will... yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I feel sorry Shut for anyone that does count that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, but yeah. It's, it's quite a bit. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make the uh, interview with Freya, but I'm super keen and excited to listen to it. How did you both find it? She's brilliant. Just so funny. My jaw aches by the end of the recording. <laughs> I was just laughing so much. Yeah, she's so funny and just so so genuine and down to earth. And yeah, I'm really gutted that I'll miss her next show. I think it's um the 4th of November. It's yes. on fire weekend. Yeah, she's got a gig in London, I think, so... Unfortunately, I'm going to miss it, but um, yeah, definitely want to get and go and see her another time. Yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, just echoing that. She was fantastic. She was, um, like I said in the podcast, and you'll hear in the interview when we play it soon, but I um, I was just sat in bed scrolling through Instagram reels. I'm too old for TikTok, so I don't, I don't do TikTok. But, yeah. And um, yeah, one of her science jokes came up, and I was like, I, I can't not send an email. We've got a chemistry podcast. We have to get a chemist who now tells jokes for a living to come on to the podcast. And yeah, she's great. She's really, the story that she told was lovely and kind of her journey into comedy. Um, and, you know, she can, I think she's got a very, very 
fruitful career in com- uh, comedy. Mm. I was going to call it commentary then, but yeah, that's uh, <laughs> a new word. <laughs> it is a new word, <laughs> but yeah. So no, she was she was great, and um, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to people being able to hear it. So mm. yeah, yeah. Brill. Should we jump? Should we jump straight into the interview and uh, yeah, let Let's people it. hear it? Yeah, perfect. It didn't count down there. Oh, that's <laughs> well. I'm delighted to say that on the podcast today we're joined by um, the wonderful Freya McGee, um, who's just come back from the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Um, we've had a few different types of guests, but I don't think we've had a comedian on the podcast yet, Bryony. So um, yeah, Freya, thank you for coming on. Um, are you okay? yeah good thank you for having me um yeah pleased to be here i've had a couple of listens to your other podcasts and they they seem good i listened to the kids one but i don't i don't think i'm gonna be as funny as they were to be honest <laughs> they were very funny yeah we were driving back from uh, the whole story was funny i thought the um the college that we went to was actually closer to to where i am and where the train station was that Bryony and cameron came and actually it was a solid like hour and a half drive i got my areas mixed up but it was a, we had a great time when we were there and yeah hearing some of them wanting to go on and do nuclear physics or i think one of them wanted to be a drop shipper which i still don't know what drop shipping is it's <laughs> novel to me but um but yeah they were amazing but no we're here today to talk about you and and kind of the the journey you've been on and that's you know, very amazing. So, you know, thank you for coming on. Um, so, you know, we have to start. Chemist turned comedian. You know, you have to tell us this story, how it worked, how it went. Yeah, so I I actually started stand-up when I was doing my degree. So I was in my third year of university and I was actually quite a shy person at university and I maybe wasn't as extroverted as other people, but I was obsessed with stand-up comedy. Um, so my dad actually bought me a ticket to a stand-up comedy course in Brighton. Um, and I sort of just fell in love with it after that. They teach you how to like deal with heckles and how to write a joke and things like that. Um, so I started doing stand-up, yeah, well, in my final year of my chemistry degree. And then I've just started doing it since. So, um, yeah. That's so cool. And I, I read somewhere that you actually found sort of comedy this is an interest of you it goes farther back than that so you were quite young when you was it the week you used to watch with your, with yeah, your family yeah, it's, and, yeah, and that's yeah. kind of where the seed was planted maybe then yeah definitely I gutted that it's been been cancelled but um that was always the dream to be on that show but um yeah de- definitely that's all I remember like from stand up as a kid was watching mock the week and also um, like learning Jack Whitehall's live at the Apollo routines and performing them in front of the mirror and things like that I actually did a competition in I think it was February and it's called Lesser Mercury um the final of that and Jack Whitehall was in it back in the day when he was a bit newer and um when the day I figured out that I'd gotten into that final I was really ill and I had a fever dream that night that he had tried to get me kicked off the final because I had stolen <laughs> his routines when I was like 10 um <laughs> But yeah, that was a weird fever dream. Um, <laughs> he didn't do that. He didn't get that done. But yeah, I was definitely obsessed with it as a kid as well. So obviously that fever dream, do you now not like Jack Whitehall or are you completely over that? I'm assuming you are over that. I'm over it. I met him in Edinburgh, actually. He's really nice. Really nice. <laughs> I, um, I went on a, 
I've, I'm studying my masters at the minute and I was on an intensive week at, at Durham where I'm studying and I came back with a Durham hoodie and my wife said I look like JP off uh, Fresh Meat. Oh. I see Jack Whitehouse character. So yeah, she likes to call me JP when, you know, whenever I'm annoying her. So I like Jack Whitehouse. He's very funny. So, um, so kind of, do you think at university then that, you know, you say that's kind of when you, you went on the stand-up course. Was that really for you when you decided, actually, I don't want to pursue chemistry as a career, I want to go down the stand-up route, or was there more of a kind of light bulb moment later after university? Or I think it was maybe during my dissertation, which is always a good time to figure out maybe you don't want to do what you've just worked for the past three years on. Um, but it's a lot of... I think during the dissertation, it was a lot of making tiny changes, hoping that something would happen to my um, results and just nothing really happening. Or if you made a, a even a big change and you just got no really dissimilar results, really. So I just found that, that it was like a glimpse into what would be the future of being in a lab, sort of like head down, headphones in, um, doing the same thing over and over again. I think I had like a 36-hour reflux in my dissertation. And I had to do it so, like so many times. Um, so, you know, checking that every, you know, few hours and checking it in the morning and things like that. Um, yeah. So I think just sort of throughout the dissertation, that sort of clocked on that I maybe wasn't excited by the future of that. And I think you do have to have a master's and a PhD and you have to really go for it, I think, with the studying if you want to do a... Do a um, do a career in it as well and I maybe wasn't that buying into that as much too mm. yeah interesting so did you so just going back a little bit more then so between watching Mock the Week age 10 and doing array levels did, was there a point where you made a decision um I I, I know we were talking earlier about my musical theatre and I had to make a decision at A-levels as well am I going to go down performing or am I going to go to um down the chemistry route and I went for the chemistry route in the end but yeah what about you how did you find that decision making did you have that kind of thought in your head or is this am I going to go you know should I do this or is it um do I really want to follow a different path or had you at that point really thought about maybe a career in comedy or yeah not not what, what was your not decision? so much so I I did chemistry as a dream to be honest, I really fancied my A-level chemistry teacher, so that was a big influence. <laughs> if they're listening now. Yeah. Um, so that was a big, like, obviously you just enjoy the subject more and things like that, don't you, to be honest. But, um, yeah, so I didn't start uh, stand-up until the last year of university, so I never really thought of doing anything like that. To be honest, I wanted to become a teacher and th things like that, but these things just sort of, you sort of play out and then, I think three years of being a broke student as well, at the end of it, you're like, God, I just want a bit of money now. That's it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know if it was, to be honest, I'm still not sure on what I, what I would want to do in my life. I always think, like, would I ever go back to science? Because it was a big passion and I still really love it. And, you know, I like reading the new scientists and going to their conferences and things like that. And um, so I always think, you know, you can always come back to these things in life. It's never. Yeah, yeah, of course you can, and it, it it's kind of nice to hear. And obviously, you, it's. I think you're probably understating it. You know, you can't just go and do a chemistry degree. Yeah. They don't just let anyone do chemistry degrees. Um, 
So, you know, you have to have something about kind of you from a knowledge perspective, the A-level side of it, you must have done well there. Um, but I think, you know, what you're saying, it kind of, it resonates, um, you know, certainly with me. You know, I did it for, I did my degree part-time and then I remember just about to finish my dissertation pre-COVID, um, head in a fume cupboard thinking, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be up in front of people, you know, not so much stand up, but more kind of commercially kind of focused. And so, yeah, it's kind of, you know, similar epiphanies, but yeah, you went down and actually, you know, your sounds a lot more daunting than, you know, standing up in a couple of, in front of a couple of customers. So yeah, you know, full kudos to you. So, um, so you did it, you did yours part, part time. Yeah. So I was an apprentice. So I kind of did my A-levels and then went down the year, like the apprenticeship route, got a job, and then I got sponsored to do my chemistry degree, but it took five years and um, five long years. Um, and I, I kind of, I, I hated the first three years, but then the last two years I began to kind of really enjoy the subject and feel that it was getting applied to what I was doing at work. But but yeah, I kind of quickly realized after writing the dissertation that I don't want to be in a lab anymore. And I think, as you say, it's kind of, you get, and I don't know, for me, it was definitely the colleagues that I was around. They were so clever and so knowledgeable. And I was like, there is no way I can compete with these people like academically, but I think I can present better than they can and stand up in front of people and, you know, sell a product or sell an idea of something. So yeah, that's kind of pushed me down a route where I feel a lot more comfortable. Um, so yeah, it resonates. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand up and tell jokes. I do love telling jokes, but not in front of a live audience. So yeah, I <laughs> take my half to you for that. But um, so kind of after the dissertation then kind of what happened? Because I think one thing that I love about, you know, the videos and I think, you know, for the audience to understand who's listening, how I was literally sat in bed scrolling through Instagram. And obviously, because the fringe was going on, um, one of your videos came up and it was a science joke. And I was like, I have to reach out to you. So I emailed you and, and thankfully you emailed straight back and, you know, thank you for coming on. So is chemistry a big part of your routines? Um, yeah. Is it, are you phasing it out or? No, no, so <laughs> it's getting phased in it if more anything. I, it's, yeah, it's, it's weird how reels work and stuff. It's like the more niche they are, the better they do. And I've, that's something I've only clocked into recently, to be honest, but. Um, I've done stand up for about four years now. So I, yeah, left left my degree in two thousand yeah nineteen. So um, I used to do bits of science stuff when I first started. It's actually a, I actually think it's a lot harder to do the science material. I bet um, it is. Than just like normal things about your life and, and whatnot. But so I used to. So I sort of left it because it was too hard and I came back to it um, maybe just before the fringe, actually, I would say. And I, I'd been booked to do a couple of these spots at uh, the Stand Up Science Show at Edinburgh. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And I think trying to do science material to an audience that they've just come to see like normal stand up <laughs> and then I'm getting out my slideshow and telling them about theobromine i think they're a bit like what is going on the radical one yeah that's the one i think maybe that's a bit much but i think when you have a comedy like night that is about stand-up science then it works and i think that's really nice and people will come and i think also just people you say things to people and they agree so i like got a bit a bit about refluxes and to be honest it's not even that funny but i think people just find it funny because they've never been said 
this like to them about refluxes so um yeah it's nice and you get some weird heckles as well <laughs> it's like people correcting my like if i've like labeled a compound wrong and things like that <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, that kind of happening. So not that they're just finding the chemistry, like they don't get it, but they're actually <laughs> too good at chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> they're commenting on your comments. It's rude. quite intimidating because I'm like, oh, these people actually are smarter than me as well. So I'm like, this is not right, like when I'm doing it. Um, yeah. If it makes you feel any better, I get heckled at work then by getting corrected on my yeah. chemistry all the time by non-chemists as well. And yeah, that's... Yeah, that's always a low point. When an engineer corrects a chemist, that's when you know I, I take it personally. But yeah, so. think- what's come on? You have to tell us what's the what's the worst? Well, best heckle. This was my favourite heckle. I think it was it was just after the titration joke, um, and it was the first time I'd done it, and it done it did well, and I was like, that's great. So someone heckled just straight after being like, it's just so relatable. <laughs> You're a <laughs> nerd. Like, You're laughing at this so much oh it's just so niche i love it um yeah that's my favorite that's my favorite one where someone's just like shouted out after just saying how relatable a joke about titration is <laughs> oh that's great i love that and so when you're at the fringe do you find um you're able to meet a lot of other comedians and network with them as well and um i think you were part of a, a group um uh stand up weren't you so you perform with other comedians as well so what what is that like and how do you find the kind of networking you said you learned a lot earlier um from being at the fringe so yeah what did you learn and and that sort of thing yeah the, so the other showcase I did was um called AAA so uh it's like a I guess like an industry showcase where you sort of have to audition and then and then you get picked to to do it and the whole concept is that there's sort of three comedians who do about 20 minutes each um and you're on at a popular time, like a, a nice venue. Um, and if people have just come, they take a punt on like three comedians, basically. Or if they're they're going to see a much better comedian and that's sold out, they sort of take a punt on us three. That's sort of like how it works, I guess. Um, and yeah, it was ups and downs. I think that one, because that one I didn't do any science and things like that. That's just a, a normal stand-up routine. But it was definitely ups and down. I think just one night you could have like 120 in... And they would love it. And then the next night you could have like six people in and, you know, maybe they would also love it. But then the next night you could have like 80 people in and they would hate you because you're not Ed Byrne or whoever they wanted to go see instead. Um, But yeah, so it was was very up and down. And I think this year it was a lot quieter in Edinburgh. Um, And the the networking side I loved. I mean, there's, yeah, the industry bars are great and it's good, good fun. And I think networking with other science comedians was quite, quite helpful um and seeing what they get up to because you normally wouldn't see that many science comedians on the same bill unless it was I guess a science night but being able to see so many and like see how they do it and learning that I could put more like powerpoint stuff in and um be a bit more physical with comedy as well um that was really that was really useful yeah because I I can imagine that you get people at the fringe who are veteran like comedy show goers and it's something I don't know whether it's just my northernness you know polite and I'll just you know <laughs> cheer everyone you know I just can't imagine the the harsh crowds but like you say there's because there was the viral story wasn't there of the um the woman who was doing the one 
she did the whole show by herself. Everything was in it, and only one person came to see her. And she she was yeah. all over Twitter, and she was you know it kind of went viral, and then everyone went. But it's like it, it there's a lot of ups and downs with it, isn't there? There must be a hell of a lot of ups and downs. She did one. She did her whole show to one person. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. But it, it was like one of those. Um, I don't know. What you, it was like a lot of method act. Method act. I don't know if that's the right word, but basically, like she, like no props. It was just her, and everything was just her kind of going through the show and talking and telling the story, telling the jokes, and it was just to one person. And yeah, she tweeted about it, and I think the next night she had, you know, the queue was around the block and really? whatnot. So yeah, it was. Um, I can imagine those highs are very, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, it's weird, really, that that spirit of the fringe thing where let's say if no one's really there, you still have to do your show. Like, I can imagine this woman would, back in London or wherever she's from, would never do her show <laughs> to one person. Because it's Edinburgh, it's almost like you have to, it's like a rite of passage, you sort of have to perform. Yeah, mental, mental. <laughs> um, so you mentioned about, now obviously don't give any tricks away. We don't want people listening and stealing the Frey McGee lines, but you mentioned about learning how to write jokes and, and science. Can you give us a few pointers on that? Um, a few tips. My dad could do with some help. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, I, I'm very, I guess my method to it is I, when I think of something funny or what I, what I thought was funny at the time and then come back to it a week later and realise it wasn't that funny, but I'll write down those things and then yeah a week later I'll come back to it and I'll try and make a joke out of it um with this the science stuff I think yeah I I rely heavily on powerpoint I think it, it really helps because you, you don't have to explain the science you can just show the science and then tell the joke whereas when I was doing it before I'd have to explain the science and then tell the joke and that's a really long time to go without getting yeah. any laughs um but yeah, I did. I did a comedy course. Um, her name's Jill Edwards. It's in Brighton. I think it, I think it was an amazing comedy course, especially for someone that was quite shy and things like that. It's just really helpful in that that respect. Um, and she, yeah, she tells you about setups and punchlines and pausing and um, yeah, how to have stage presence and things like that. So that was really helpful. Um, but with the science, yeah, I think just watching other science comedians and seeing how they do it and how how differently they'll do it as well um, was really helpful. Yeah, that's interesting because you mentioned about the nerves that you you're quite shy and I think the same about myself I've always been really shy growing up especially when I was younger um but now I don't really consider myself that shy but I think it's because I've pushed myself to be not shy and I you know I do theatre and that and that's kind of helped my confidence but interesting that you say that I think when performing and I'm sure you'll find the same um that once you're in the zone it kind of it's like public speaking is completely different or like Callum, you were saying about talking to, to clients or customers um, or doing a presentation. It's completely different to performing it. I think anyway, because when you're in the zone, it kind of flows and you've, you know, you've rehearsed it, you know what you've got to say. You're kind of there. So that kind of, and I saw a comedian at the fringe this year and he was really, really shy or very kind of reserved and quiet, but it kind of went with his, um, with his act and it kind of made it funnier um, so I just think it's really interesting you say about that because yeah when you're in the zone nerves are it's more of an adrenaline thing and you know you can kind of overcome that by getting um, becoming this person as soon as you step on the stage yeah um, definitely I think a fake it yeah. till you make it sort of <laughs> mentality yeah. is definitely that I think even yeah. still just before 
I tell my first joke, I'm like, is any of this funny? I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like it's still that nervousness comes and then when you tell the first joke, it's fine. But um, yeah, cause I work in um, networking as well. And that's obviously quite an extroverted job to do. So, so I think, yeah, you just have to learn, I guess the world is catered to a, an extrovert, but you know, what would be a good introverted job for us to do is just work in a lab, to be honest. <laughs> we could have just done that. A safe lab, yeah, yeah exactly. It was never safe when I was in it, put it that way. So I knew that joke was coming up. Am I that predictable? <laughs> Freya, I think I need some tips. Yeah. <laughs> you you set me up, Bryony. Um so because was so I've I've stalked your LinkedIn, Freya, and I hope it's your LinkedIn. I mean it's someone who has your name and looks like you, so I hope it's you. So obviously that you know, you did leave university and you did have a you joined a company, didn't you? I think you did some, was it business development work? That's exactly or? what it is, yeah. Business yeah. Development sort of um, so kind of was that, did that happen straight after uni and you went down that path and then you kind of pursued comedy on the side and then actually realised that this is a full-time gig and I'm going to kind of go and do that or have I got that wrong? Yeah, so I, I um, well, yeah, I still work at that, that company now actually. So I, oh, okay. Uh, like a networking job and I think what I how, why I went into that was because I in the final year of university what I quite liked about comedy was that you would know one promoter and then um, if you knew like if you went to another person's gig you'd get on their gig and all that sort of like linking uh, and like okay. getting to know people and then that's how I sort of fell into the job I do now um, and I just have no link to it's it's for a construction company i've got no links to any construction but i really like my boss and i really like the company culture and um how they treat their staff and how they treat their clients and that was all i wanted really was i think i grew up with a mum that hated her job so um, <laughs> um and hearing her complain about her boss when i was like 10 i mean she loves her job now but um like, about and, that's, and then that's all i heard about and that's all i wanted to do was not have a boss i hated or a, a work for a bad company um so yeah I still still work for them now um yeah I so I just like doing both really I think I I think I don't like being bored as well so I I think if I did comedy full-time I don't think I've got enough to do it full-time in the sense that of stuff to be doing in the day and then um I still really love my job so uh, yeah it's a best of both worlds to be honest brilliant brilliant so Cameron and I both kind of float between business development and like commercial world so kind of it resonates and I think you're right having a you know working for a company that has the right ethos and you know it always helps when you've got good people around you good management as well so you know that that does help I've um I worked for a multinational corporation for nearly 10 years and and I loved it but going to a much smaller not-for-profit the difference is in terms of the culture you know whilst it has its challenges it's kind of you know everyone by name and you know everything that's going on in the business which can have its drawbacks but it's also it's really nice yeah yeah yeah, I feel that yeah yeah I feel that (laughs) yeah good hot goss there's a lot of that a lot of that um yeah but uh yeah brilliant so you 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 both do business development as well Cameron does Cameron who's not recording today so but yeah I I kind of in that too funnily enough um (laughs) my role has changed slightly over the last year or so but yeah um technically I'm in the business development team um at SCI um so yeah all three of us are uh, non kind of 
lab-based roles so yeah yeah. it's interesting how I know quite a few people from my my degree that went on to do uh, like sales and and business development as well It's, it's yeah it's interesting how many people actually do choose that route it's I think yeah. it's it's like you say, people think chemistry's quite an introverted kind of degree in the sense that, you know, you spend a lot of time in the lab and you know, whilst there is that, I think it's you actually learn to learn, don't you? You learn to learn lots of complex stuff and you can go away and talk about it and you know that's why I think we're better than engineers, but you know, that's just me. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well there are just so many skills you can take from it and use anywhere else. Um, and I, there are just so many, I I couldn't even, I couldn't list them all, but I think, you know, when you kind of, you know, the problem solving and, um, just a curiosity for why things are the way they are. And, um, I think we've all said before, haven't we, that, you know, our interest in chemistry and especially at the school, when we went to the Emmanuel college, the curiosity of why things happen and the application to the real world and it all stays with us I think as scientists we all have that natural curiosity about things in life and that is I guess something that is just only just kind of grows as you go through your degree mm. and and afterwards and I'm still curious about things that aren't even chemistry so you know when I'm at work I'm problem solving and I'm I'm using what I've learned and I think it's sometimes it maybe goes unnoticed by yourself what what you're actually you putting into practice but um, yeah there might even be sort of patterns of thought that you use when you're doing your jokes and you're you're standing up and um and performing that you've got kind of um kind of connections that are made and you think oh this will link to that and I can bring that back later and it's maybe that's also something that you know through chemistry has also helped so I think I'm, I'm a big believer that chemistry and, or, and science in general isn't just it's on its own like it can be like if you do something creative they can link together and you can they can be mutually beneficial and um yeah I think that's a, a huge thing yeah I like because lots of people think you're either one or the other don't, aren't you that you're either very logical yeah. or very creative but yeah. yeah I guess yeah being curious about the world and then if you're curious about people as well it makes sense that you're mm. going to something like business development or sales or a networking role yeah well, yeah it's it, for me that was it it was kind of people were what I really enjoyed doing I got quite a lot of exposure to you know being you know discussing some of the work that we were doing in you know public with governments etc and that kind of was it for me I kind of realized that I like doing that I like being the one up front presenting getting my slides out you know try and have a bit of humor in there but clearly not not working I've not been asked to do any stand-up yet so you know can't be that good <laughs> but um but no I think it's I think one thing it highlights is that you know the doors that a chemistry degree can open are quite massive and you know we're all doing different things i now work in glass you know i spent 12 years in the chemical industry and i work for glass which is completely different and yes there's still some weird chemistry in it but it's you know i think glass was first made in 1500 bc so the chemistry hasn't really changed much so <laughs> but yeah so um so have you got any shows coming up then freya what's the future looking like yeah i'm doing a show um for science, well, I've got one in one in Oxford that is run by um, the same people that did the Edinburgh show. So it's called uh, Stand Up Science. I think that's on October the 6th. And then I have my um, own show with one of my friends called Alex Mason, who um, she does maths science, um, maths stand up, sorry, um, which is, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Um, and then so we've got our... She's very funny. Um <laughs> He's got, um, we've got our own night, it's called Comedians in STEM, 
and that's at Angel Comedy Club on November the 4th. So, you know, fireworks, day before fireworks night. So there, there'll be some related jokes about that, I'm sure. Um, and then on that night, we'll have like a token humanities comedian or like a philosophy or like social science as well. Because um, obviously like lots of lineups, you have like the token woman on the, the standards <laughs> thing. Um, so we've just decided, decided to take a spin on that and have the token humanities comedian. So that's on... <laughs> November the fourth, yeah, Angel Comedy Club in London. So that should be good. 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 It sounds, it sounds brilliant. I mean, I'm massively intrigued as to anyone who can make maths funny. Yeah, she's very yeah. good. Yeah, it's not, yeah, I, it's lots for graphs and things like that. It's it's very funny. You're not selling me with graphs. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you, Freya. You're not selling me. <laughs> I mean, when I saw your show, kind of turning chemistry, I kind of saw it. I was like, yeah. I like this, and I'm going to speak to you. I'm really struggling to see how I can get maths in there, but I think that's because maths scared me. For really? I mean, I'm 30, and maths scared me. I kind of loved it at GCSE and did it at A level, and I remember going into my first lesson and just being like, I've made a big mistake here. This is this is awful, really? awful. But yeah, but yeah. So she's got a degree in it, so yeah, similar. I mean, the the maths people will come. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, sure. oh, fantastic! And I, I love that, and I love the comedians in STEM, and I think it's a, uh, you know, it's there's such, and I think one of the reasons that we've we've kind of created this podcast was that, you know, you know, big big numbers in the general public don't do science or maths kind of post sixteen. You know, they leave school and they don't do it. So we wanted to create a podcast that that humanizes it and can talk about it in. Um, you know, non-complex ways, and you know, we can just have a chat with you know people from industry, people like yourself, and just talk about it. And I think you know what you're doing, I think is fantastic. You know, making it a topical subject, the funny subjects, and you know, there'll be people, hopefully, you know, like you were when you were ten, who'll see it and catch wind of it and think, you know, actually that subject's not scary. It can be quite funny, and you know, we'll look to pursue careers down that way. So, you know, full, full credit to what you do and I think it's great oh, it's very so. kind. yeah it's a fantastic way of making it accessible I think yeah well done yeah <laughs> who's that um tiktoker that is or uh, he must be on instagram as well that does all the reactions and stuff and oh, is it big manny oh, yeah he's very good yeah. as well I think so, they... so he he's been on the podcast actually he came oh, on um a few months back he was so nice like such a humble guy and yeah. I went to the cinema the other day and he does like he does a few bits for Cineworld now and his face came on the screen like big screen and I was like it's big money like, yeah. he's been on our podcast like wow <laughs> so yeah, yeah he, he and he was so nice and like his story was you know he just basically said um you know when I was at school we used to do you know my science teacher used to show us all these experiments and then he, I think he came out of uni and became like a school lab technician and was like, they don't do anything fun now. So he just started doing it in his back garden and really? it just absolutely blown up. Massive. That's so sweet. Yeah, big so, must, like kids must love that. Like 16 year olds, they must get really into that. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so hard and there's a lot of pressure on kids nowadays. And I think, you know, when you actually look at the schools and education, they've actually, you know, the GCSEs are getting harder because they've, they have to cram so much more in that they've started moving a lot of the S level stuff that, you know, we did at college. They've moved that into GCSE. So they've got so much mm -hmm. content to go through that sometimes they don't get to stop and actually like mm. understand 
the subjects properly and see the experiments that go with it. So I feel feel a lot for them. Um, I'm a school governor, by the way. I don't know if you can tell. That's kind of why I know all of this. And yeah, that, yeah I feel hard. a lot for them. So that's really hard because I, I think my um, my A levels was actually harder than my degree. Yeah, oh, yeah I agree wholeheartedly. How agree. much stuff you had to learn yeah. in such a small period of time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wholeheartedly. I hated A levels. That's why I kind of decided to go down the apprenticeship route. It was just oh, mind-numbingly hard. Like, I think I don't want to say I got spoon-fed my GCSEs, but I pretty much got spoon-fed them. Got really good GCSEs and went to college and thought, yeah, I'll do the same here. No, no. And bless her, my old chemistry teacher, Manju, she tried. She tried her hardest with me, and I, I, I didn't fail it, but I didn't do great. But but then I got did my apprenticeship and got a first class degree so i don't know how managed it but you know good teachers (laughs) good teachers but yeah i got my degree and then decided that's it for me and moved to holland and never never touched a chemistry textbook again so yeah yeah i've still do you still keep all yours i've still got all my my degree textbooks i've literally not touched it but no i've got cannot get rid of them no i've got a bookshelf full of business degrees i'm doing my (laughs) master's in business at the moment and i've got a bookshelf full of business degree books but I think I'll get use out of them. I just can't see myself getting use out of an organic chemistry book. <laughs> I just can't see it. I'm a bit of a hoarder with things like that. I keep, I don't know why I keep hold of them. I think I always think, oh, maybe one day I'll, I'll need to just, you know, look up Schrodinger's equation, yeah. and just double check that. You're making my skin crawl, Brian, <laughs> mentioning Schrodinger's equation. Ugh, um, just, yeah. yeah, no, it's not for me. Have you got any Schrodinger jokes for you? No, I don't. I don't. There's, there's got to be something in there. I don't know yeah. what, but I don't really tap into the like. Yeah, any of the. Uh, uh, it's I, I just do sort of inorganic chemistry, which is so so neat. <laughs> um, yeah, I organic chemistry very much scared me as well. So trying to make yeah. jokes out of that, I'd be be scared of. No, no, exactly. I'd be more yeah. scared of getting corrected yeah. as well because there's like, I always found you were either really good at organic chemistry or you were like me and you just it, it was yeah. like a foreign language it really was yeah it really was another language yeah awful no just, i can't think of a piece of chemistry that i really enjoyed to be honest <laughs> <laughs> kind of racking my brains worked in it for 12 years but you know i sound bad at you know this is a chemistry podcast Hallam. i mean what am i doing most of us the young people so. <laughs> yeah i've got the paper though that's all that matters <laughs> and then got a job yeah. so so yeah brilliant um so freya then question for you if you could go back and talk to 10 year old self what, what advice would you give her wow that's deep um, i've gone deep yeah <laughs> wow she would probably not be interested in talking to me to be honest um <laughs> Yeah, that's, I think, well, do you know what? The other day we had someone in at work that was um, doing their GCSEs and she, so I did maths, physics and chemistry as A-level and she was saying, should she do it? Because obviously I did a, and I just thought, yeah, just, just, just study what you enjoy studying. Like you'll never regret just knowing things, you know, and like learning about yeah. what you enjoy. Yeah. So I, if I, 10 year old me, I would just say, do you know what, 10 year old me was dumb as well like I was not a smart kid like, I think it wasn't until GCSEs where I realized like oh you've actually got to like pay attention and like work and like if you want to get anything like good out of this um 
So I, I think she'd be miffed if I told her that she was going to do a chemistry degree. Um, <laughs> See, because I always say this, so I'm actually going in on Thursday to I've been asked to go and give a motivational speech to some year 11s. Why I motivate year 11s, I have no idea, because they all just say to me, what car have you got? How big's your house? I'm like, it's not that big. It's not that good. But um, I always say to them, look, you know, the school years are the best years of your life in the sense that you are with your best friends all day, every day. Like, we've got a tradition with my friendship group. You know, we meet every Boxing Day, do Secret Santa. There's about eight of us. And it always comes back to stories about school. Now, do I miss Double German on a Tuesday morning? No, (laughs) not even a little bit, you know. But do I love the fact that we play football? like seven days a week just having fun yes of course I do but that being said I've had more fun since I left school than I had at school so it's kind of like because I've got money and I can do things so it's kind of like it's that balancing act but yeah I think that's a quite quite a nice one I think that's something I'd always try and recommend is do something you enjoy and then you can never regret it Mm. like even if it's rock hard which chemistry was but you know I grew up with the chemical industry on my doorstep so I kind of was like kind of makes sense to to like chemistry so yeah definitely I think I think yeah just having that that passion I guess to learn stuff so when I went to university the first year I I really didn't enjoy it at all I think most people sort of hate the first first year because you kind of got to do your own washing and stuff but um (laughs) yeah I really really hated it and I was close to potentially dropping out but I think just like the wanting to learn about chemistry and just knowing that if you go into a degree that you enjoy learning about you you won't fail because that's all you need, really. Yeah. Just got to show up. I remember my chemistry professor saying, if you show up, you will pass. <laughs> and it certainly wasn't that easy, but I showed up and I did pass. So, yeah. you know, maybe he was right, but, but yeah. Um, Brill, um, so one question we ask all our guests is, and I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. <laughs> But I'm I'm expecting a big answer for it. I'm not going to lie. Um, so we ask if you were stranded on a desert island, and it's a bit like Desert Island Disc. We've completely ripped this off from BBC Radio Four. But um, Desert Island Chemicals. If you were stuck on a desert island and you could be stuck with a you know one or a couple of chemicals, what would they be and why? Wow, out of like pure to stay alive, or just like for fascination? If you want to have fun, if you want to end it all, whatever you want. Yeah, if you want to have fun, you're taking like, um, like magnesium and sodium, like with all that. Water. Do you know? Oh, what? I, I have a really good book that's called like The Elements by Theodore Gray. And what is the one? Is it? I think you're going to say ethanol because that's what I take to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely plastered. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Um, what is the element that's CR? What's that? Chrom- chromium. Chromium. That's it. Yeah. Um, because that's like if. That would be good fun to take because it's so reactive and um, isn't it like if you put it in your hand, it would melt because of the warmth from your hand. But if you put it in your hand, it would just instantly explode because of the the small amount of water you have in your skin. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah. I mean, that sounds fun, being armless on a <laughs> desert island. Yeah, you just wanted to go and just like, have a wild time. Okay, okay that's extreme. <laughs> <laughs> just have a wild time it's gonna blow my arm off like, i'm stuck in this really water, really 
bad situation and I'm going to make it worse. Just, I just gonna, it's not hard enough, so I'm going to make it even harder by giving myself <laughs> one hand. <laughs> like, you just chuck that in the ocean. I don't know. Like this, I guess you could just do whatever, can you? Um. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. We had a similar one about sodium, didn't we, I think? Yeah. The other it was Hannah, Hannah said Robinson. sodium, but she said that she would use it for the explosion so that she could be seen, didn't she? Like, oh, a, oh, so a... they're trying to stay alive. I thought this was it, and like we're just having a good time now. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if, yeah, if I knew it was over, yeah, just give me whatever. <laughs> just give me mercury, and I'll play with that until it does me in. <laughs> so. Oh, wow, it's good to know that if I was, I'd be... You'd be the armless one, we find. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might have some cooked meat to eat, though, if you were really hungry. So, just, you know. <laughs> okay, so we've not gone that extreme. I mean, we've had a few different ones. Luckily, I mean, we've been doing this now for probably 10, 15 guests, and I don't think we've had any, any repeats yet. I think that's certainly the most yeah. unique one. <laughs> yeah. I'd get something to blow my own arm off. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I wouldn't know. do it to my hand, but... Um... Yeah, just, yeah. yeah, we definitely had some fun. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. I think. I'm not gonna message Big Manny because I think that sounds a bit too dangerous yeah. <laughs> for his backyard experiments. <laughs> yeah. At least I think that's what that does. This is this could also not be correct. Yeah, the the three of us could be showing really <laughs> poor chemistry here. Yeah. One of my next gig is going to be heckling about that. It's not right. <laughs> yeah, you put it to the test, try it out, and see what heck we should get. If you don't get any, then it's probably right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a good one to get an audience member up for. <laughs> Just yeah, try it out. Try it out. I'm a big nerd. I've got a periodic table next to me. Um, I imagine it's a transition metal, so I imagine it would be quite reactive. Yeah, but group six. I sounded really, really like in, invested in chemistry there, saying it's a transition metal. I sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> For anyone listening, I do have a chemistry degree. I promise. So, <laughs> I promise. Wow! Brilliant. What, what would your team yeah. be? Uh, oh wow! I mean, we get to ask the question. We don't answer them. That is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> No one's asked me yet. I mean, I think they have, and I think I've tried to backheel the question like a true politician. <laughs> um, I don't know. It depends. Like yeah, it depends. Ask me. Yeah. I think helium because it could be funny, and you could <laughs> use it to fly off the island. Um, you need quite a lot of it. Yeah, you need quite yeah. a lot of it, wouldn't you? Yeah, you need loads and some balloons, I guess, or something. Like that. Yeah. Well, it's good to know that we've both yeah, been dead on that island. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think helium's a good one. I mean, I could. I'm trying to think. Andy Parsons said a lot of like. So he was a professor. Or he is a professor at York Uni. He said loads about like he went into compounds and like paracetamol, and then he was like one of them was something to do with vanilla. I think uh, aspirin as well in there. I was like bloody hell. Wow! Oh, so you could you could survive there for a year, yeah, like a true survivor. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'd probably just. Ethanol is a good one. To be fair, that you said. Earlier. I think that's what I'd do. But then, obviously, I'd be drinking very, yeah. very salty vodka. Yeah. Because I wouldn't take it neat. Yeah. Although, if you had any, any injuries and stuff, you know, that was that was. Yeah, I think I think it's the safest one. <laughs> I think it's the safest one. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, I'll think about it. <laughs> I'll let you know. 
Yeah. Well, you know, on Twitter, yeah. I think the so, three of us, we'd, we'd be Oh, gone. we wouldn't last long, would we? We really wouldn't. Yeah. How many chemists does it take to change a light bulb? I don't think we'd... Uh, <laughs> I don't think we're doing well. So... Brilliant. Um, have you got any more questions, Brian? No, I think I've... Yeah. yeah. That's I'm... Brilliant. It has been brilliant. I'm conscious of your time. I don't want to eat more of your afternoon for it on a Sunday. Um, but I just want to say thank you. It's been great having you on. I, I literally could <laughs> tell jokes with you all afternoon and listen to some stories. But I'm very conscious that I don't want this to take all of your afternoon. But yeah, thank you very much for coming on. It's been great hearing your story and, and kind of showing the world that, you know, the weird and wonderful options that are open to chemistry students it's not just limited to a lab yeah thank you for having me yeah it's it's lovely what you're doing and thank you yes and i look forward to seeing your future shows as well um definitely have to um come and see you the comedians in stem in london sounds great on the 4th of november um we'll be sure to try and plug that on our channels um and like i say if i am ever in london i'm going to come to a show if it's on at the same time yeah I'm one of those northerners that gets a nosebleed when I go like south of like <laughs> Manchester. Like I just, yeah, big cities scare me. So <laughs> I was in New York the other week and I was, yeah, I was just an absolute wreck. Really? Oh. Um, but yeah, no, th- thank you very much, Freya, for coming on. It's been great to speak to you. And um, yeah, con- uh, good luck with everything that you're doing. Congratulations on the fringe. And uh, yeah, we're very much looking forward to seeing seeing how you. Uh, grow in the comedy space moving forward because i'm convinced that you will so yeah thank you oh thank you both that's very kind it's lovely to meet you both thanks so much for <laughs> you too